You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show as you are shoveling out there, digging yourself out. This is a perfect opportunity for you to get some information that will help you just arm your family to uh, be prepared for maybe some situations that aren't the best. And that's one of the best things about The Mom Show is that every week we are a repository of information all in one little spot here on My Talk 1071 of things that you maybe meant to Google or have been keeping you up at night. And here's a place for you to get all the information in one spot. And uh, one of our experts uh, from Sheridan and Doulas, Deanne Doulas, uh, attorney at law is a perfect example of <laughs> some of those things that you're like, you know, I wish I knew this information and I'm not sure about what I found on the internet or oh, yeah. I saw this in some TV show that was made up. <laughs> is this really correct? So thank you for joining us, Dia. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I, I, I really always appreciate what you guys do over there because as Sheridan Doulas, you do a combination of things. So you focus on the family side. I do. And I focus on the family side and deal with all the cussing and parenting time, all those things things that really keep people up in the middle of the night, you know, worrying about your family and what that future looks like. But we also have lawyers at our firm that deal with criminal law, as well as probate and estates and other types of civil litigation. And the thing that is great is that it's finding the right attorney. That's one of the things that you talk about is finding one that really works in a style that gives you peace of mind and actually respects what it is that you need. That is so true. Uh, You know, when people think, oh, you're all lawyers, you all have the same degree. It's not. We're like leaves on a tree. We all do the same job, but we do it a little bit differently. And so when you're going through some of these situations in your life, whether it's a criminal situation or a situation with your family and your children, you really need to make sure that the person that you're working with is someone that you really like uh, and that you trust and that is willing to explain things to you in a way that you can understand and not just talk to you or talk over you and just expecting you to follow along. I mean, this is supposed to be a learning process where you educate yourself about the pros and cons of all of your choices and then pick the right road for you. Right. Right. So and it's okay. It's like if you sit there, it's not like when you go and buy a shirt at a big box store and you're like, well, it doesn't fit quite right. I have to keep it anyway. You don't. No. You know, it really no, is. You can no, go through no. the practice of finding somebody that is exactly the right fit for what you need for you and your family. And, you know, I'll have people come in sometimes and I'll be the first lawyer they see or I'll be the third lawyer they see. And I tell everybody, look, go talk to a couple people before you hire me, whether I'm the first one or the last one you've talked to. You will know when you hit that person who is the right fit. And I will tell you that right fit isn't always the person who's going to tell you everything you want to hear. Right. Those people may very well be promising you things that may they may not be able to produce for you. And in the end, they can blame somebody else or the judge or the other side without taking really responsibility because they are going to get paid whether they win or lose. Right. That you need to find somebody who really clicks with you, who's willing to tell you the truth and help you navigate these difficult waters so that you are coming out as best as you can on the backside of this. Well, if you have any questions, we always encourage you to call into the Mom Show at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. You can go ahead and throw those questions at Deanne. We do like to remind you that although Deanne is a lawyer, this information may apply to you, but it's not legal advice. This is general information. 
uh, and they can answer some common questions. But if you have specific questions or concerns, you need to make an appointment to follow up with your attorney. Yes. So many times uh, these issues can turn on what you may think are really insignificant details. And to a lawyer, it's kind of boom, the light bulb comes on. There you go. That's my issue. Um, So it's really important that you not take this just generally. It's a good starting place to start doing your research. Uh, But just like the stuff on the Internet, hopefully we're more relevant for Minnesota. But you need to do more than just say, well, I heard this somewhere. Right. Really seek out extra help and advice. And that happens a lot with the family uh, law issues that we talk about here on The Mom Show. Deanne, as I said, there's a lot of things where people are like, I got a a kernel of information Mm -hmm. and then they run with it. Oh, yeah. Or they have that kernel information and it puts them in such a panic or position of fear that they just shut down and don't deal with the situation is what it seems like. Oh, that's that happens so often where people are absolutely convinced that something is true. And whether it's because they saw it on TV or they heard it from a friend or their spouse told them, okay. look, you can divorce me if you want, but this is what's going to happen and you'll never see a penny from me and I will fight you for X, Y, and Z. It's really true that you hear all of those things and they can really motivate your behavior. But if you stop there and you don't actually find out what the truth is, now it's this piece of information that may or may not be true that's making this decision for you. Right. Anything you're staying up in the middle of the night and ruminating over and thinking about and thinking about and thinking about and the answer isn't magically coming to you, it's because you don't have enough information to make that decision. You have to go seek out more information and then... That question can be answered much more easily. Right. And what we're going to cover today is we're going to talk about an issue, a family issue, that although I'm divorced, I'm very, very happy that I do not have to deal with this particular issue. And Deanne, you and I have talked about this before. Because today we're going to cover child support. Yes. um, And some new things that are going there and how these things are are, are determined. And, and, you know, you know, for my situation, I am divorced. I do not. And I do have custody. But we decided to not do child support. Mm -hmm. Because as we talk about with so many of these issues, you have to do what's right for your family and what makes sense. Yes, everybody's going to have a different way of handling these issues. The law gives us basically what I call a safety net. Here's here's what's going to happen if we can't agree to do something else. And if we can come up with a better solution for you in your particular situation, we can do that as long as we can get the court's permission to do that. Right. But... Um, What we'll be talking about today is some changes that are being made by the legislature to the laws of Minnesota for child support as we continually try to solve new problems that develop each time we try to solve the old problems we just tried to fix. Right. And then child support is one of those things that, again, it's not... And a, a, a one-size-fits-all scenario for everything. I mean, there's obviously guidelines, but isn't this another thing where you're going, all right, as you are navigating this thing, you're trying to figure out what's best for the kids, but it seems like it's one of those things that definitely ends up getting used as kind of one of those tools to manipulate one yes. another when all the emotions are still at play. Yes. Child support plays a huge part when we're trying to figuring out parenting time and custody, in part because we tie formulas to those labels and to those percentages of time. And so instead of solving a problem, it actually in some ways creates problems because we monetize having children. Right. We monetize the amount of time we have with our children and then it puts people in an adversarial position. So that's what we end up fighting about. And 
To the extent that we solve it in certain areas, those fights then move to other places where people continue to fight and create just emotional and financial havoc for families. Well, when we're starting that initial conversation, again, just the general common thing about child support, where do you normally start with your clients when you just go, here's the basics that you need to know before we continue the conversation? Well, the the basic of the basics is understanding that child support is really broken down into four different components. Okay. There's basic support. That's that chunk of money that people transfer back and forth between them each month. Yes. Then there's the responsibility for medical insurance. Who's going to maintain insurance for the kids? What about those things not covered by insurance? Okay. Uh, And then child care, daycare. How do we deal with before and after school or all day care? Surprisingly, the one thing that the legislature hasn't created a rule about yet is extracurricular activities. Oh, so if you're in, if you you need tutoring, if you need, uh, if you're in a basketball team, if you're doing all those things, they're not involved in any of this right now. No, and so that's one of those places where we really end up trying to create a system for dealing with those, but there hasn't been a really good way developed yet to deal with those in a, in a fair way. Right now, most of the time what happens is we simply say, if the parents can both agree to do something, then they'll split the cost of that. Right. But all it takes is one parent who gets a little bent out of shape about the other parent or they want to you know, hurt the other person to say, no, I, I don't agree that Bobby should play basketball. Okay. And now we've got the parent who wants Bobby to play basketball, has to make that decision. Am I going to pay for this all on my own? And how do I financially support this child when the other parent is getting back at me by refusing to say yes? Right. So normally when we have these scenarios, do you as an attorney have anything to do with the legislature? Do you have a part of your organization or part of your professional organization that goes and works with them to go, here's something you should address? Yes, we do. And there are a lot of different efforts and a lot of different groups of people trying to push the legislature in one direction or the other. Uh, The good news is that the one uh, change that's happening in August of 2018 was one of those groundswell efforts where a few people were able to talk to folks at the Capitol and really help them address uh, this child support cliff, which treated a person who had the kids nearly equally the same as someone who only had their kids three days a month and created what could be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of difference in child support based upon a single overnight every two weeks. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to us breaking that down for everybody out there. We're also, again, available to answer your questions if you have one. You can call us here at 651-641-1071. And what else are we going to cover when we get back to you? Well, we're going to talk a little bit historically about what child support has looked like in the past because there are where we are right now in 2018, there's still some of you that have uh, child support calculated under the old net income formula. There's a lot of you that have had the uh, post-2007 formula. And now we've got this new formula coming into place. And we're going to talk about what those were and how this might change your child support situation. We're joined by Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas here on The Mom Show. We'll be right back. It's the mom show here on My Talk 1071. You can always find us at MyTalk1071.com. Use the keyword mom. And uh, we are joined by mom and attorney at law, Deanne Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas. And uh, if they really want to get a hold of you, they can, of course, go to MyTalk1071.com yes. and use the keyword mom show. But they can also go to your website, which is www.ssd pa.com. Perfect. And so we'll put all that information up as well. And today what we're talking about is one of those things that has been evolving over time and you might not be familiar with the fact that it has evolved. And that's the the, the issue of child support. Yes. Child support is actually a change. This will be the third change uh, in 
about 20 years. So uh, when I started practicing in the early 90s, uh, we had a different system of child support that may still impact some of your child support uh, awards. Okay, It was based off of this idea of net income. So we weren't working off of gross income. It was actually off of your take-home pay. And we only considered the payment of the obligor, the person who had to pay it. Okay. And it was pretty straightforward from from a certain perspective. If you had one child, the obligor was going to pay you 25% of his net income. Usually it was him. Uh, if it was two children, it's 30% of net income. Three children was 35, and then it, the percentage went up, but was smaller as you had more children. Okay. Now, that wasn't a perfect system because we ended up with certain fights about that. So if mom uh, had physical custody of the children, we used that type of scenario, that okay. percentage scenario. But if they had joint physical custody, we changed the formula. So the label controlled, not parenting time, but the label controlled what child support would be. So okay. if we used a joint physical label, but you got, but the parents still had the children 80-20, yes. we reduced the amount of child support that was paid dramatically using what was called the Hortus-Valento formula. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it was from two cases, Hortus and Valento. Okay. And what that meant was is we were going to use um, mom's net income to mm-hmm. calculate how much she would owe when the kids were with dad and then adjust it based upon a percentage and then do the same thing with dad and then offset those two amounts. So if dad owed mom 25% for child one and mom owed dad 25% for the same child one, but mom had the child more than dad. Sorry, this is a super long word problem. (laughs) Uh, We would just mathematically adjust that formula. But if dad had 80-20, but we called it sole physical custody, dad was just going to pay 25% of his income. Okay. So the fight in those circumstances came over what label are we going to use? Yes. Because it made a huge impact on how we calculated child support. Right. Especially when now we're talking about, you know, custody and where the kid actually lives. That doesn't seem to be played, you know, that that seems minimal in comparison to what it is as far as the label goes, right? Right, right. So so the fight was about the label, and it didn't matter if it was 80-20 or 50-50. If you had that label, it shifted parenting time. Okay. The other problem with it was that people got really unhappy about the fact that only the person who was paying child support had an obligation to use the formula against their income. That okay. the, not, the custodial parent did not have to, their income didn't matter at all. So you could have someone who is making a million dollars a year who had custody of the children and someone who's making $40,000 a year. And that person who's making 40000 is who's non-custodial, is still paying child support to the other parent. Okay. Right. So that scenario doesn't come up very often. But that's what our formula was. So in 2007, to try to solve those problems of the fact that we've spent so much time fighting over what label was going to look like and not taking into consideration both parents' income, the formula changed in 2007. So, and this is what is our current formula now. Okay. Based off your gross income, we look at the income of both parents and put, add those two gross monthly incomes together and put it into this chart. So the chart hasn't changed since 2007. Okay. And it was based off of a study of what it costs to raise kids when mom and dad or both parents live in the same home. Okay. So the chart in some ways was flawed from the start. Okay. Because 
we're still talking about this duplication of expenses that you have. When Which we... doesn't happen when we have two separate households. No. I'm <laughs> buying my stuff. My ex-husband's buying his stuff. Right. I so gotcha. You, so you've got that problem with this chart because of this study. Now, this is what we've been using. So you add the two numbers together, and there are three categories of parenting time. So now it's not linked to the label at all. Okay. Now it's based upon how much time do you have with the children. So the first tier were parents who had the children only 0 to 10% of the time. Okay. They would pay according to their percentage of parental income. And I'm going to use some easy numbers here. Let's assume that parent one who has the the kids has $5,000 a month in gross income. Yes. And parent two has $10,000 a month in gross income. Okay. That's basically two-thirds to one-third. Yes. Right? All right. So you would look at the chart. You would look at the number and say, okay, you've got two-thirds of the total income. You're going to pay me two-thirds of the number in the chart. Okay. Okay? Pretty simple. I'm so glad that you're using easy numbers because I'm an English major <laughs> and a radio host. So <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad that they, that you and other people figured this all out and you I can sit down with an expert like you, Deanne. There will not be a quiz at the end. Thank you there very much. No I appreciate quiz. that. No, I didn't bring a number two pencil. I need somebody <laughs> to explain this to me. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next fight uh, comes in the next category, which is the 10 to 45 percent of the time. OK. So all of those parents who have between three days a month overnights. Yes. All the way up to 6 out of 14 overnights. Right. are treated the same. That's a big that's a really big lump to create. It is a okay. huge lump to create. Okay. So it solved the problem that we had with regard to the physical custody label. Yes. And it solved little fights over whether or not that midweek overnight was going to be an overnight or all of those different things because again under the prior formulas every day mattered yes okay so it solved a lot of problems but it created a problem as well because if you have your child six out of 14 overnights in a two-week period that gets you to 43.7 percent wow okay Okay? got it Mm -hmm. so you can't if you don't have let's say that you're doing every other week but one parent has the sunday overnight every week because you want the kids to have... that happens a lot, you oh, know, because that's the consistency thing. That's, you know, that's right. our scenario. I'm like, I, you know, he's just... Our kid happens to be better at starting off the week at school over at my place. It's so you common, yeah, right? it just Every, happens. Had that ground. But that's mm-hmm. enough to kick us into this other formula. Okay. So when you go to the last formula, the 45 to 50, if you're averaging over a two-week period of time, the only way to get over 45% is if you have exactly... Seven overnights. Yes. It's the only way to do it, which means you've got to have that other Sunday overnight. So the right. big fight turns into, of course, how are we going to deal with Sunday overnights? Right. And I will tell you that this created uh, what is referred to as the child support cliff. Yes. Because of how the formula worked, we'd actually take that number that was on the chart and reduce it by 75%. And then we'd apply both parents' gross incomes to their percentages and then offset those percentages, which, in a very short kind of way of saying it, is could make hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars in difference between what they would have paid as a 10 to 45 yes. and what they'd pay at a 45 to 50. I think the largest one I ever saw was $1,300 per month in child support difference between what you would pay under one formula to the other. Okay, and I could see why you'd be, I mean, if you're sitting yeah. there going... 
it's only really six hours difference and it's in the best yes. interest of the child. Why are we in this scenario? Right. You can see why it would cause such a problem. And the bigger problem, too, is is so we've got a non-custodial parent or a parent who's giving up that Sunday overnight, but has the kids till 7 o'clock on Sunday. Right. So they've, you know, f- eaten all the meals with that parent. They've spent the whole time with that parent. They've made sure all the homework is done. And then the other parent gets credit simply because the kids are sleeping, sleeping at yeah. the other house. So we've got our new formula that's in place that's trying to fix a number of those problems. Okay. Uh, So one, it's trying to fix uh, that overnight problem because it's going to say now it's overnight equivalents. Okay. Now the good news is, is that no one knows what that means. (laughs) Okay. So we have some wiggle room now is what you're saying, Dia. Yeah. Okay. so, So we've shifted the fight off of Sunday night into now what is an overnight equivalent. Okay. Right? And so, although it doesn't go into place until August of 2018, August 1, we're already having lots of discussions within the legal community about what is an overnight equivalent and what does that mean? And does it have to be more than 12 hours in a 24-hour period? You know, do we count sleeping hours? How do we deal with all of these numbers? So, we're, we're solving a problem and we're shifting to a new problem, uh, but that's how uh, we're going to break a, a lot of these numbers down. Okay. So we're going to have to go through some more numbers and it's going to be yes. great for everybody because we're going to go over what's going to start in August. Yes. And then we'll just kind of sum up for everybody because we want to go, when you go and sit down with your attorney or if you do end up calling uh, Deanna over Sheridan Doulas, we want you to know what the right question is to start with. Oh, absolutely. And we'll have that information when we return here on The Mom Show on My Talk 107.1. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Ms. Shan. Ms. Shannon, join from Sheridan and Doulas, Deanne Doulas, our friend and attorney at law. Uh, remember, we always do encourage you to call into The Mom Show if you have any questions that we could uh, start you on the road to peace of mind. Mm-hmm. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We do remind you again that this information may apply to you, but again, it's general information and it's common information. If you have specific questions, you need to find your own attorney, and that might be Sheridan and Doulas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Come on in. We offer free consultations, uh, and that's in part because we want you to be able to have a, you know, a fairly good chance of getting to know us and what we do and what our, our philosophies are about how we help people. Um, and we want to get a chance to know you, too, and understand whether or not we will be the right fit for you so that you can get you know, as many of your goals accomplished as possible and do it in the right way. And I host a number of shows here, uh, Deanne, and uh, normally the one with you is not very math heavy, but unfortunately today, (laughs) because we we are math heavy, because we were talking about child support. And and Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things that is very interesting about today's show is that going, it isn't just based upon emotion. There is an equation that goes into place and there are ways that this has always been you know, set out from a, a legal and a law standpoint that we have to at least use that as the framework when we begin. So that, that, you were going through that. Yes, that's absolutely correct. We've got this legal framework and the law specifically allows under all of these various versions of the formula has always allowed for us to do something called a deviation where we decide we're going to do something different. But even in that case, we have to start with what the law would do and then explain why we're changing it and why it's in the best interest of the child to change it. Now, I had a question like for for in my particular situation, we decided that we were going to I'll say defer and you can correct. I didn't do child support. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't required. I left it in there if we ever needed to go and and my situation had drastically changed or my ex-husband's situation had drastically changed. We would table it and maybe discuss it later down the road. And we haven't had to do that. Um, 
But one of the things that I remember I was concerned about and I had to talk to my attorney about was when my ex-husband had another child. Yes. That was what made me go, oh, did I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not my money. It's my son's money. Mm-hmm. Should I have done this? And mm-hmm. I remember calling my attorney and I because I, I, I thought that the law at the time was basically a version of first in gets the money kind of thing. Yes and no. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. um, when you've got other children, even under the current law right now, uh, you get a deduction from the gross income for your non-joint children. Okay. But that deduction it maxes out at two non-joint children. So okay. if you make $10,000 gross a month, we're going to take a certain chunk off of that for each of the two children, again, maxing at two children, and then use that reduced value of gross income to calculate this child support. But the, the deduction per child is really like $250 per child off of gross income. It's a very small amount. Okay, It doesn't usually have a dramatic impact on how we calculate child support. And the new law is actually saying that new afterborn children, we don't necessarily give that deduction for. Okay, so that's good to know for any of those parents yeah. out there that are going, oh, wait, I need to change my scenario because now there's another child in play. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have to rush to change. If things no. are working, if, it, it can become one of those, if it's not broke, don't fix it right, kind absolutely. of scenarios. Okay, well, and, and more importantly, go in and talk to somebody and crunch the numbers. You know, As we move forward uh, in all of these versions of the law as well, and, and will be true in August of 2018, you're entitled to get a copy of the other parent's tax return every two years. Oh, okay. There's a statute that allows you to make just a letter request. They have 30 days to send it to you. And then you have the information where you can go and talk to somebody and they crunch the numbers and say, whether there's been a significant change in circumstances to warrant a change. Right. Now, that is called a modification, and that's different from a cost of living adjustment. Because okay. also every two years, you're all entitled to ask the county to assist you in increasing your child support uh, based upon the cost of living. And you don't have to. Only certain people are qualified for assistance through the county to be able to do it that way. You can do it on your own. Forms are available at the county. But if the cost of living has gone up 3% and the person who's paying child support has also had at least a 3% increase in their income, then even without proving that there's been a substantial change in circumstances, we can increase incrementally the amount of child support they're paying for basic support based upon that cost of living adjustment. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions, again, the number is 651-641-1071. Trying to help you navigate the child support system, which hasn't been changing rapidly, no. but now we're going to have a change that's going to come up that takes place starting in August. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. in August, um, in uh, trying to address this Sunday overnight uh, problem and yes. this child support cliff, we've got a new formula that's going to go into place. And unlike the formula two times ago, where it was simply 25% of net or 30% of net, this is a formula that Einstein would be proud of. <laughs> so... I'm just going to I'm just going to read it to you and then we'll talk about what it means but you do not write this down this okay. thing is crazy. Yes. So, we take the approximate number of annual overnight equivalents that a child has with parent A, okay, and we cube it. We take it to the third power. Okay. And we multiply it by the other parent's basic support obligation. Then we subtract from that the product of the annual overnights of parent B cubed, multiplied (laughs) by parent A's basic support obligation. And once you've got that, you divide that whole equation 
by the cubed uh, cubed number of the approximate overnights of parent A plus the cubed overnights of parent B. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm so glad that you understand what you just said, Deanne. Oh, it's, like, yeah, you I, are like, like, I'm so glad that there are experts out there who can sit there and say, you know, I just come to you and go, all right, here's what I think is the scenario. Can right. you give me what the math actually should be? Absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. with the current formula we have now, there is a place you can go online. If you type into Google Minnesota Child Support Calculator, you can fill in information. And the hope is, is that they're working on a great calculator for this as well. Okay. Uh, but it's really important, at least for practitioners, to understand how the numbers get there because unless you really understand how the formula works, it's going to be harder for you to understand what the ultimate impact is going to be on your clients. And can we get that information, make sure that it's on your uh, mom show page. So we'll yes. make sure that that, at least the link to the Minnesota child support calculator, is that what you yes. call it? Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure that's out there as well. So at least you know where to start. And, yes. or if you do have to follow up with, you know, Deanne at Sheridan Dillas or your own attorney, you can go, I heard about this thing. Yes. So you know what to ask about. All right. So this formula is much more complex than we've dealt with before because it's trying to deal with all of these little minutia that comes into this, these problems and into this formula. So, Here's what they've done other than this created this new formula. We're still working off of gross income. We're still using that same chart that was based many years ago now off of parents who lived in the same home and the cost to raise children. The label still does not control the formula. That was a problem before. And now we're not just using overnights. We're using overnight equivalents to try to further parse that problem. Okay. Still using the incomes of both parents. And what this formula is supposed to do is get rid of that child support cliff. Okay. So that big difference between having six overnights out of 14 and seven overnights out of 14 is going to go away. All right. So for all of you out there that are paying a lot of child support but have your kids six out of 14 overnights, the number that you would pay under this new formula is going to go down dramatically. All right. So instead of a three-level step down, it's going to look more like an arc. Gotcha. So that someone who has three overnights a month isn't treated the same way as someone who has six overnights every two weeks. All right. All right. So... It's going to get complicated. It's going to get weird. But that's actually really good because this is a complicated, important scenario for families out there. So you want it to be, you know, look like they didn't just cookie cutter it for everybody. No, no. And this this will be anything but the cookie cutter. Right. You know, the difficulties that we're still going to have is determining what are those overnight equivalents? um, How are we going to deal with the changes between the old formula and now and how many people are going to come flooding back into the system trying to change their numbers. Okay. And for those circumstances before, we were required in 2007 forward to simply identify which of the three categories you fall in. Okay. Now, there's going to be a difference between 30% and 35% or 30% and 40%. So all of those folks that just had a global range placed into their order, we're now going to have to figure out exactly what is that parenting time. Okay. So when we switched in 2007, there was actually a moratorium of a year put in place where you could not come in and seek a modification of your child support within the first year if the only change in circumstance was the change in the formula. Okay. So you didn't want to flood the system going, I might get more, I might get less, while they're working out the kinks. 
But in this case, they did not put that moratorium in place. Okay. So starting August 1st, people will be able to bring these motions based upon the new formula. And we're going to still, we're still left with the same modification criteria. Will the new amount under the formula be at least $75 and 20% different than what I was paying before? Okay. Uh, and is it fair and equitable to make that change? And because we're dealing with this transition period of time, the court also retains jurisdiction that if it's going to be a really dramatic change, that they can say, you know what, that's too much. Okay. We're not going to impose that all at once. We're not going to flip the switch on people. They might have you throttle it down a little yes. bit instead of just all of a sudden you write a, a much smaller check. Yes. Okay. But it's going to make a lot of difference to a lot of people in a very short period of time because we're eliminating that very large jump between 45% and the 45 to 50%. So if you think you might be in a scenario on either side where you're yes. like, okay, it might go down or it might go up, uh, mm-hmm. it might go down for you. Do you normally, you know, would you encourage people to see their attorney if they think that it might impact them in getting a smaller check versus them, the person who is the, the person who is writing the smaller check shouldn't always be the one that's going in to talk their attorney first, right? No. And okay. in fact, I would expect that we're going to end up seeing probably an equal balance between folks because, you know, when we're dealing with these child support amounts, we're really relying on them to pay for expenses for our kids. Right. And although, you know, basic support is supposed to cover basic food, clothing, and shelter, because there isn't a separate rule about extracurricular activities. If your child support's going to go down by $500 and you were the only one that was paying for Susie to play hockey, right? that is going to be a real change for you. That's going to make a huge impact on your ability to pay for the children and maintain that lifestyle. So modifications in fear or in anticipation that that number might drop and asking the court to deviate to include an award for some form of extracurricular activities is going to probably be something that happens much more frequently. Okay. Well, there's been a lot of information that we have to cover this morning. We have one more segment, and what are we going to cover next, Deanne? Well, we're going to talk about some of those ways that if you're uh, experiencing a real loss in your child support or a reduction in child support, things that you can do in order to try to maintain uh, some level of support and what other modifications you can look at. That's what we'll cover when we return here with uh, Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Ms. Shannon with Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas, our good friend and attorney at law who has been helping us navigate the changes coming for the child support system here in the Twin Cities and Minnesota in general. And mm-hmm. you're saying that it's actually a good change, but it's going to be a lot of growing pains, it oh, seems yeah. like, for a lot of people right now that are going on. Yeah, there's there's going to be some pretty dramatic changes to some of those awards mm-hmm. uh, that are out there. And when we're talking about that type of a change of $1,300 between one formula and the other, those are folks that tend to be closer to the child support cap, where both parents have a combined at least $15,000 in gross income. Right. But... Even so, these are going to include changes for everybody. But that doesn't mean that every change is going to result in a new formula. Okay. So, in that first modification, the courts really do maintain the ability to say, no, that, that's too much, that's too fast. The other part is, is that if you've got an order that simply says, I've got 10 to 45% of the total parenting time, Uh, The courts can look at that and say, if all we're doing is applying this new formula, we're just going to come in and adjust by tweaking that number. 
Okay. Because we don't know what your parenting time actually is. Okay. Right. There needs to be a determination of what that parenting time is. So for everybody in that 10 to 45 percent category right now, my advice to you is start to keep a parenting log. Okay. And just it doesn't have to be the great American novel. (laughs) Just something that says I had them They, you know, he had them. This is where they were. So we can start to look at what does that parenting time actually look like? Right. Maybe you're still following the schedule from the order. Maybe you're doing something different. But whatever the order says is going to control. And if it doesn't give you a percentage, then we're going to need in the new order to get you a percentage. So we want to look at what's actually been happening. Okay, because it could have been like in the in the paperwork, mm-hmm. you said one thing, but then organically over time, it has evolved to something else. Yes. Okay. So start to keep a log. Um, it's really you know easy to say, well, I always have this or I never have this. But the more credible evidence is going to be if you can actually have a log and look back and say exactly this is what the breakdown has been. And we always like to give you some general information that might help you in your scenario with your family. And so on the phone right now, we have Nathan. Uh, Nathan, thanks for joining us here on The Mom Show and calling in to speak with Deanne from Sheridan and Doulas. How are you today? I'm real good. Thanks for having me. Um, my concern is uh, uh, my split with uh, with my children's mother is 65-35. I have them 35%. It's because of the distance. I'm yeah. about five hours away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have them most of the summer and most holidays. And then she has them during the school year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue is, is that when I don't have the kids or when, you know, during the school year, I work about 60 hours a week. Yes. And uh, that's how it's based. She works 40. And uh, my concern is that I just went through this in January with went through child support again or what support. And I told them, I said, why is it based off of gross the way it is Mm -hmm. right now with uh, and based off of my 60 hours? I said, why? Why shouldn't it be 40 and 40? If I'm working extra. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, that's something I do so I can do more things with my kids. Mm-hmm. If I get cut back to 40 hours, I'll bring in about $200 a week. And I'm stuck at that $200 a week, mm-hmm. you know, trying to live off of that for a whole year before I can have it readjusted. And I and I showed them this, and they're like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Legislation shows that just based off of gross, almost like a blind eye to it. Don't even look at these other issues. And I guess my concern is, is that, she has every opportunity to get a part-time job or, mm-hmm. you know, try and get those extra hours in. At least, I think even apples to apples, it should be, you know, on that during the summers or yeah. when I have the kids, she could be working those extra hours. Nathan, what and county, it, huh? I'm sorry for interrupting, what county were you in where the modification took place? Uh, that's Rock County. It's in southern Wisconsin. I live in northern Wisconsin, just outside the Twin Cities. All right. So, so can, we still go back, and she's in Illinois now, but we still go back to that same county. So was your divorce out of Rock County, Wisconsin as well? Yes. Okay, yeah. so here's where I'm going to not be able to help you. Uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin have different laws. Every state has a different way of dealing with child support. Um, in Minnesota, there's actually a, a sub-paragraph out of the law that says we only consider 40 hours of employment, and we, on, we don't include employment that's over 40 unless we meet certain specific criteria. And I'm very sorry, but I do not know if that is in place in Wisconsin or not, but in Minnesota, well, yeah. we would be able to address that issue. See, and that's perfect. I mean, that's, uh, that's you know, 
yes, it's my choice to work those extra hours. But at the same time, if she chooses not to, that's her that's her choice. And I, I totally agree. If that's the way it is in Minnesota, yeah, uh, that makes perfect sense. And even if it was a 65-35 split, even if she only had those extra hours 35% of the time when I had the kids, mm-hmm. I understand you certainly don't have that time to work extra right. when you have the kids. And, uh, and Minis- well, that's perfect. I, yeah. And that's it- nice that Minnesota looked at that. But I would go back and talk to a lawyer in Wisconsin and make sure that they don't have some extra provisions. Sometimes it's much easier in the court system to just deal with things in generalities. Uh, And I routinely see things coming out of various counties in Minnesota where... You just kind of shake your head like that. What what were they thinking? <laughs> where did that right. Where did that number come from? Um, and well, sometimes it's just a matter of not having an advocate to point out to them that no, you really don't get to do that. Right, right. And what would uh, if I was to look this up, and or uh, which way would I go? I mean, to get to these legislatures, uh, legislators, um, what's what's the route to get to them to try to bring up this point in the state? Well, you know, in Minnesota right now, uh, it is uh, the open session for the legislation. So you would contact the person who is your legislature, late legislator okay. in your district, uh, write mm-hmm. them letters, ask to set up meetings with them, because uh, right. the more uh, everyone talks to them about these issues and problems that are developed, uh, they'll pay more attention to it. That's how this new okay. change in Minnesota came about. Okay. Excellent. Nathan, good well, luck to you. I appreciate your help. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. So, uh, again, back to what you were saying. Well, we we went through explaining the complicated Minnesota version with this new formula. But mm-hmm. now you see why it's probably still good that there's some complication in this. Because yes. this story, you know, it shouldn't be, again, what you're saying, where it's like we just had a, such a broad mm-hmm. uh, uh, category that was affecting so many people. So now it'll at least be able to tailor a lot more to what makes sense for the family. Right. And the hope is, is that we won't find everybody kind of clawing and scratching for every extra hour thinking that each fraction of a bit of time is going to make a huge difference in their parenting time. Right. And that's always the fear that when we go to something that's purely percentage based, that it's going to have that sort of an impact. Um, We really hope that we're still going to be focusing on the best interests of these children to come up with a schedule that really works for them. Right. And that child support will just kind of flow naturally from that as opposed to the tail wagging the dog and parenting time becoming the reason why you back into a dollar amount. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, we do have a little bit more time. If you have a question, you can call us at 651-641-1071 here on The Mom Show and ask your question to uh, Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas. But, you know, this child support, it's, you know, something that I'm sure that people are thinking about every day. Every day. It impacts you every day. If the check comes in a little bit late, it impacts you. If the check is smaller than you expect it, if you ask for reimbursement for certain expenses and that reimbursement doesn't come, uh, it can have a huge impact on how you just manage your bills. Right. Can so, I, can I ask a question? Our producer Sonny has a question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is the what is the biggest misconception that you've run into from people about child support? Oh, the biggest one is that if we uh, both have 50-50 parenting time, that there is no child support. Mm. That is absolutely the biggest misconception. Okay. If um, parent, unless you make exactly the same money, the only time you can have zero child support on a basic formula, even this new one, is if you have the exact same income and the exact same amount of time. Because then it's a wash. Then it's a wash okay. in the formula. Otherwise, people think, well, I'm going to get 50-50 time, and then I don't have to pay that person. Right. Not true. <laughs> yeah. At least under the current formula, you pay a lot less. Yes. But that won't necessarily be true in the next formula.
Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a that's a great question because people come in all the time and ask that question. You know, people go, get to we... talk and then they, you know, and you hear he, he say, she say. And mm-hmm. like you said earlier, like people think, no, this is really true. And it's like, I don't think that's no. true. <laughs> like, no, no, you still have to do this. Right. <laughs> the other one is, is that they'll say, well, they can order child support against me, but I'll never pay it. There are so many ways that are available to us now in Minnesota to get people to pay child support. Uh, from automatic withholding, which is kind of the 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 easy first level, all the way up to taking away driver's license, taking wow. away occupational license, uh, asking them to basically deposit a chunk of money in a secured account and have somebody else pay it out for them, depositing certain monies with the court to make sure that child support is paid. And then ultimately, if someone is more than three months behind in their child support, you can also bring a contempt proceeding against them. And that is where the court can impose all sorts of sanctions uh, within the court's power, including an award of attorney's fees and potentially jail time. Uh, Well, again, this is another one of those scenarios that we hope that people can figure out a way to come to terms and do what's best for their Mm -hmm. family and their children and not use this. And we know that that's a difficult situation that you deal with all the time where it's very hard to take that emotion out Mm -hmm. and that reason, that, that feeling of how can we... How can we hurt each other? Yes. And this is something we'll do. So, again, we always encourage you to go to our website. It's MyTalk1071. Use the keyword mom. And your website again, Deanne? Is www.ssdpa.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you again soon here on The Mom Show on MyTalk1071.